Poetic Properties is a complex creation brought to you by Infinitely Complex Production and sponsorship with Peacefully Flawed Apparel, where we believe that no matter the darkness, you have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Thank you for tuning in to the Poetic Property Podcast. I am your host, Complex, the poet, father, author, and entrepreneur. I want to thank you guys for tuning in today to episode 124. This week has been horrendous. When I tell you guys that I've been trying my hardest just to stay calm, just to stay, you know, peaceful, and I'm being tried at every single angle. And it's just like, I don't, at this point, I'm just like, forget it. I'm about to just start going rogue and just saying, you know, what's necessary for me to say because people take peace and kindness as a pushover, um, as being soft. And I just, I can't deal. Like, I don't want to turn back into the, the old vengeful, raging, aggressive person, you know, that I used to be when I felt disrespected because that is an ego response to where you feel like I can't communicate. So now I have to, switch to aggression like I have to force you to respect me I have to force you to listen to what I'm saying and have understanding and I just don't want to have to go that route because it takes too much energy from me and trying this or not even trying this just continuing to strive towards being the person that I say that I am to myself it's starting to become difficult because of these tests that are coming my way and the disrespect that is coming my way. And I'm just trying to really, really maintain my sanity, my peace and my physical health. Um, Going through this week, I was already exhausted mentally and emotionally um, had told my my people at work because they need there's a project that needed to get done and they needed people to work overtime you know I agreed to work overtime and was like all right whatever I had already made up in my mind that all right I'm gonna put these few hours in and it's gonna be that right so Wednesday my computer went out my system went down and so I reported it like it's crazy because Logged in, I was working all the way up until, you know, my lunchtime, logged out, logged back in, system didn't work. So I reported it, texting the interim supervisor, yada, yada, whatever, did everything I could, call IT, like follow all all the steps that I was supposed to, to follow, got it escalated, and the tech hack came up with the solution. I took that information, gave it to my leadership, like I'm supposed to because I can't get on the system, right? So I'm texting them like, hey, this is what the tech said. So they're like, that don't make sense to me. Mind you, they're not in IT. I'm not in IT. I'm just relaying a message. They're like, you need to call back and say this. Call back and say, all right, cool. Manager said, boom, boom, boom. Another ticket. They escalated. They like, nah, you got to wait for the 
you got to wait for the solution of the problem that was already diagnosed. I'm like, listen, I'm telling you, my manager told me to call you back and tell you blah, 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 blah. Give them that information. They said, no, we going to call on a ticket. And so they're like, oh, such and such said they could help you do this and do that. And I'm like, all right, cool. Call back again. Long story less long, I ended up calling back five times and telling them what my leadership is saying, mind you, they're not IT, I'm not IT. So then it comes down to, well, we're not paying you for this downtime because you should be able to use your personal internet and um, pretty much that's just how it's, it's going to be and this isn't making sense because yesterday this did this and today you saying it don't do that and I'm like, again, I'm not IT, but logically when there are system issues or issues in general with anything, they can progress, right? If not treated, they could progress. So in my mind, whatever the issue is, which the original person said, it's a signal issue with this particular hardware, I'm order you, da, 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 da. So I went to HR, I'm telling HR, like I feel harassed at this point, like I'm being questioned, they're asking me to, to uh, send screenshots of my phone, my personal phone log, yada, yada, whatever. And like doing everything except for what the original text said. And so now I'm pissed off because you're, you're harassing me and you're telling me that I'm a liar when all I'm doing is reporting what issue I had. I'm telling you what the tech is telling me again. I'm not it. They're not it. Long, longer story, less long. The part came that the original tech ordered on Wednesday. I plug it into my computer yesterday, which was Saturday. Just so I can get ahead of like if what type of day I'm going to have on Monday, just wanting to be prepared if it's going to be a day where, you know, I'm going to be dealing with IT all day again and, you know, subsequently having to deal with this leadership because of the issue, or am I going to be able to work? Plug it in, lo and behold, that was the issue. So I've been being called a liar and your story ain't adding up and we're not paying you and I got to account for this and I got to account for that. And you haven't sent me this error and that error and yada, yada, whatever. Now, mind you, I sent them about 15 pictures of my of what's going on on my computer. I don't have to do that. I, I don't. I don't have to send you no pictures. I don't have, I, I, like you're not IT. I'm following protocol, but I did try to be peaceful. But then once I realized it was, it had turned into an attack, I just stopped dealing with them and I had called HR. Again, the guy on Wednesday told me what the issue was. They pretty much said that I was lying and that made no sense to them. They're not IT. So they've been har they harassed me for thir all of Thursday, all of Friday just for me to get the piece that the guy said I needed to fix the issue on Saturday and it fixed the issue. And so now instead of working, I'm going to be in HR all day because the disrespect that I had to endure from them just not listening. 
they have this assumption about me and enough is enough at this point. And so it really bothered me because this is something that I've gone through my entire life. And I'm sure a lot of you, you have, especially, you know, people who struggle with, you know, mental stability or mental health issues. When I tell someone something regular, and I've used this example a million times, when I tell someone, man, I saw this cat, it looked crazy. It had jumped on top of the car and then it just passed out. People be like, nah, nah. But then I go, man, I went outside. It was raining. These cats was out here tripping. I saw this red car and apparently the cat was scared of the red car. But the other cat was like uh, fighting in and scratching at it. So it jumped on the red car and then it got shocked and then it passed out. And they're like, what? That's been my entire life. I've never been able to just say what's going on or what an issue is without it being animated, without it being a drawn out thing. And then you get labeled as uh, dramatic. You get labeled as extra, right? So it's either I'm extra or I'm mean because I just like, all right, fam, I'm just not going, I'm not going to say anything. Or if I do say something, it's full of aggression because I'm just tired of not being heard and not being understood in a correct way. And that bothers me mentally because I've never presented to be a liar. I did not become quote unquote dramatic until I start realizing no one's listening or, or understands or care to understand what I'm saying, what I'm saying peacefully, what I'm saying calm. I got to a point in life to where I don't care who believes me or who understands what I'm saying. The truth is the, the truth. The fact is the fact. That's why I'm so monotone and I'm so chill because I get riled up and it's not good for me. Like my heart was beating so fast Thursday and Friday because I'm like, how are you concluding that I'm lying when I'm telling you everything that I'm telling the text and the text are telling me, and you can go in and look at the ticket yourself. But again, you're not IT and I'm not IT. Like my jaw starts swelling up. My hips start swelling up. Uh, I start getting hives on my leg. Like it's just, it's crazy. And then what's worse about that feeling, right? A feeling like, dang, like People don't trust you. They don't care to really listen. They don't want to give you the benefit of the doubt. What affects me more is when I'm really telling the truth. And then I have proof of what I'm saying, because now it turns into as hard as you just went on me. I want to go that hard on you with telling you I'm right, with showing you I'm right. That could tear us up because we'll get lost in being right and we'll take it overboard and we will start turning into those people who don't listen, who don't have understanding, who don't have care, who don't have empathy. Right. And it took me a second because I, I legit, like I took the screenshots of what was happening once, you know, I plugged up the doc and how it started working just like normal. I took all that and I wanted to just text them and go off. 
But at the end of the day, I still have to report to them for now. So what good is me going in there and me yelling and me cussing and me tripping out when I still got to deal with these people for a little while longer? My goal is, is, is never the right, like, it, 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 it's not the ego fight or the ego delivery of being right. It's never that. My goal is to never make anyone feel belittled by my correct action, right? It's never to belittle. But I know how easy it is for me to get lost in that when I feel attacked and I feel like my back against the wall and I say I'm about my peace. I say I'm about healing. I say I'm about being calm and understanding, right? So I understand y'all don't like me. Cool. That's not my thing. You have an impression of me that someone gave you. You don't even, like... We don't have conversations. You don't know me personally. You don't even know me professionally other than notes that you read in the account and what other people say to you. I get it. With that being said, now you have put me in a position to where I don't feel safe on your team. I don't even want to have a conversation with you because it's evident that you have this idea of me and when I plugged that thing in, I felt that I felt rage, yo. I felt like I should go in there tripping. I should go in there going off because you put me through this disrespect for two days just for me to plug this thing up and it do exactly what the tech two days ago said it was going to do. That affected me mentally. It really did. Because I'm trying to, to be who I say that I am. But the old version of me sits so, like, it's, it's right at the edge of my heart. It's right, at the, it's right at the edge of, I'll tear all this shit up. For the simple fact that I wasn't even tripping with you. I wasn't even like, and this is not just what work. This is in real life too. It's just so weird to me how people don't understand how wrong they are and apologies never come with the wrong. I said it last week, people allow time to pass and then they just start talking to you again. The apology never comes. The understanding never comes. And I refuse to be that way within myself because I know how it feels on that side. So when I'm dealing with people as right as I am, I cannot let that overwhelming feeling of, I told you so be how I behave in my response to hey it was exactly what the guy said what i said to you was the truth what i said to you was actually what happened i don't i'm not about to be animated with you i'm not letting you draw me into arguments i do not argue with no one i could care less about what's going on i'm gonna tell you what information i have and if that information does not give you understanding, it's nothing that I could do about that. Just like if your response doesn't change whatever I'm, um, information I'm giving, there's nothing I could do with that. But that tore my week up and it triggered so much stuff 
because this has been going on so long where I just can't outright say this is the situation. I have to give detail. I have to be, uh, I have to exaggerate. I have to paint a scene. I have to like, do you know how, do you know how much that harms me mentally, especially now? I'm working through depression. I'm working through anxiety. I'm working through paranoia. So when I'm, when I'm talking to people and I'm uh, uh, performing actions and I'm, I'm doing my job and I'm whatever the business, stuff like that, and I feel disrespected or whatever, like you're putting me through the ringer for the sake of it don't sound important enough to you. And it puts me in this dilemma like, damn, I'm not important enough for people to 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 hear me, to understand me. I'm not important enough for, you know, for me to be able to say something and that be what it is without me painting this picture of craziness. Again, it goes back to my root defense for my mental health. That's why I isolate. If I got to go and tell you a full ass five minute story for you to understand I have a heart condition. Why am I talking to you? Yeah, if I have to keep, I'm, I'm still grieving my daughter. I don't know when it's going to go. If I could control the grieving, I, I would, trust me, I wouldn't want to feel like this. But I'm not using it as a crutch. I'm not, using, like, none of the health issues, none of the mental issues, depression, and I have not taken that out on anybody but myself. I fight through it daily. Half the time, I'm not even able to get out of the bed because my heart is beating crazy, because my breathing is off, because it's so much fog in my mind of me trying to fight. Am I bugging now or is it the depression? My arms and legs swell up, hive up because I'm just trying to fight through everything that's going on. I don't take it out on nobody. I still get out there. I walk my trail when I can. I still get out there. I play with my dog. I still go, you know, to my kids' events. I still do the PTA type stuff. Like, I still do all of that through everything. Because I got to be present for my kids no matter what. I got to make sure that I'm still me in the midst of everything that I'm going through. I got to make sure that my kids still see me. I'm not a victim at all. I'm not a victim at all. I'm just wading in a water of life, just trying to find stability. Like, again, this is why I don't go out looking to date people. I don't like I don't want to interrupt anyone's life because I have a lot of stuff going on. It's not drama for me. It's just I have a lot of stuff going on. And if anybody is going to deal with me, they're going to have to understand what I'm going through. Again, I don't take this out on no partner. I don't take this out on the kid, nothing. But I am very cognizant of the things that I go through. So I chill. If people find me, they find me. And, and I'm very honest of what I'm going through up front to give them that opportunity to understand, do you still want to be talking to me or not? 
I don't have typical drama like like other people. All my stuff is me trying to figure out my health and me trying to get through this mental stuff with losing my daughter, with the difficulty of corporate America, with being drastically underpaid and every, you know, it's so much more stuff that I that I'm dealing with. I don't have no mess when it comes to other people. No one can say nothing about me dramatic or negative over the past 10 years because I haven't talked to nobody. I'm completely out of the way. But it becomes difficult when it is time to talk to people, when it is time to to really just sit down and, and get down to to the nitty gritty of stuff. And you just feel like no matter what you're waiting, you like uh, when we were when we were uh, young. Right. Went to uh, John Muir High School. And in our summer, we would have to, of course, do our conditioning. And one of our. um one of our conditioning things was we used to have to wade water or tread water in a 12-foot pool, right? And if you went to the edge before the time was up, you know, you they'll get the, the, the pool equipment, kind of push you off the wall, like, come on. If you, you know, if you, one of the teammates held you up, of course, if you was drowning, of course, somebody who swam good would try to help you. But we never got to that. But we would have to tread water. And I don't remember the time, and I do not want to exaggerate the time. But that was one of the hardest things I ever had to do. And I hold that training with me because outside looking in, it looks as if the coaches are mean. They're trying to let us drown and, and, and trying to hurt us and stuff like that. But when you're in the midst of that water and you start thinking of ways to allow yourself to get through it. One of the best ways we got through it is that treading water because you get tired. You fight in the water. You fight in a stay afloat. You just, it's so chaotic, right? It hit me. My strength is not gonna save me while treading water. It's my weakness. I got to let go for a second. I got to lose myself for a second. I'm giving off too much energy. I'm giving up too much of my energy. And so what I used to do is to let my body go limp. And the refreshing feeling, the release, the relaxation would slowly make you draw to the bottom. We're conditioned so we can hold our breath a little bit longer. We can control our, our breathing a, a, a lot better. So even going down to 12 feet, just to get that few seconds of relaxation, that, those few moments of vulnerability to allow you strength to get back to the top and continue to trail water. See, we look at vulnerability as weakness. Today, we're about to get into the impact of vulnerability on our mental health. By doing, like, before we do that, we have to define vulnerability. Webster's Dictionary defines being vulnerable as capable of being physically or emotionally wounded 
are open to attack or damage is derived from the latent noun vulnus, which translate to wound. To be vulnerable is to be open, is to be without shields, to be without comfort, to be without strength, to be without anything other than what the world calls weakness. We raise to feel like vulnerability is a quote unquote female trait that uh, vulnerability is weakness. You never let nobody see you soft. And, you know, you a punk if you cry and you a punk if you don't want to do the things that the quote unquote real men and, and real people want to do. Right. Vulnerability is not a sign of weakness. Reason being because it takes a crazy amount of strength to be vulnerable. Sharing feelings, your thoughts, your emotions like that creates or, or that requires trust. It requires you to really believe in yourself enough that you have found someone that is, is trustworthy enough to, to hear your, your vulnerabilities without using it as an attack. Vulnerability is very uncomfortable. It really is, especially if, if you've been vulnerable before and someone ha has used it against you. Vulnerability is, is it's really about allowing yourself to be seen, to be heard, um, to be understood. It's hard to do so because, again, we're brought up that vulnerability is weak. You're not supposed to do that. You're not supposed to talk like that. You're supposed to be strong no matter what. You you know, no, never let them see you sweat. Never let them see you cry. You Right? You're supposed to be all those things. But then you grow up and you start realizing that all that time you thought you were strong, all that time you thought you had your head on your shoulders, all that time you thought that life was just so good, you start getting hit with triggers. Your mind is mature now. You start recognizing that something that you thought was was cool and that was the way that it was supposed to be. You start realizing that was a, that, that's trauma. But you never want to talk about it. You never want to get it off your chest because you you weak if you do so. And I had to learn the hard way. People are not scared of my strength. There's always someone bigger, always someone faster, always someone more about it, always someone with a bigger gun, a bigger knife, quicker move. It's they're not scared of that. They're scared of your weakness. They scared that you understand yourself so much that you're willing to be so open and one with yourself. It terrifies them because what are they going to use against you? What are they going to use? Nothing is when you are true to yourself and you find out who you really are. There is nothing that no one can say to you to take you off path. Because you have you have relinquished their power because you are aware and accountable for your actions. 
I tell everybody all the time, my biggest secret, right? Because you know how you get famous and things go and then they like, oh, well, he got this and he got that. And then it's like, oh my God. Like they go back and look at an old tweet or this person, this, this person, that. I tell everybody all the time, I'm a baby dad and I'm a baby father. That's the secret. Doesn't matter why I'm a baby daddy. Not to y'all. Doesn't matter why I'm a baby father. Not to y'all. But I'm aware of that. I'm accountable for, for that, for my part in what transpired to allow me not to be able to see my oldest daughter. It doesn't matter if I'm right. doesn't matter if she's right. It All I know is I'm a baby father and a baby daddy. I got to live with that. No one can come for me when it comes to that because I was there when everything happened. No one can come for me for having custody of my sons. I went through all of that, right? When you vulnerable and you telling your secrets and you telling your mistakes and, you know, the downfalls of things like things that we try to hide, like it's so scary because you never know how it's being interpreted on the receiving end. You never know if somebody holding that in a tuck to be able to tell someone. You never know. So it's imperative that you choose the right people to be vulnerable with. And I think this is where we this is where a lot of us go wrong. And a lot of us are afraid to be vulnerable with just anyone. Right. Because I could tell you something. I could tell you something right now that in your eyes is super crazy. I could say, hey, you know, sometimes I'll be having suicidal thoughts just wanting to, you know, be with my daughter. If you don't understand me, in your mind, I got to call somebody. He's not fit. He's not a fit parent. He's not. Oh, my God. He's he. No. If it's somebody who knows me. Somebody who I communicate with, someone who I'm vulnerable with, for real, someone who understands, they'll be like, bro, you got this. I told you last week, my need to be here for my remaining kids, because they don't have nobody else, is what keeps me going. It allows me to get strength to dilute that thought when it comes. I know it's, it, it sounds crazy, but who, who, who going to take twin to soccer practice? Who going to cheer for Kev at the basketball games? Who going to listen to, to Bossy tell me a story? You know, who going to listen to Bossy about his school stories? Who going to teach King how to make fried rice? What's cinnamon going to do? So me being vulnerable, it, it, it becomes, it, it's an issue. I've been vulnerable in relationships, and when the argument get crazy, it comes back to you. And you realize, oh shit, you're not really here for me. 
because you're using something that you have no idea could take me over the top mentally and could affect something for years to come. My behavior, my actions, how I treat you, how I treat kids, how I, like you're taking something and you're using that as a weapon. And and that is why a lot of us shut down, because our most vulnerable moments should be able to be had with, in my opinion, in your relationship with your parents and with your siblings. The hierarchy of who you are in those positions should have no bearing on what's being said. A lot of times vulnerability is just that. It's not asking for advice. It's letting you know, hey, this is how I feel about this and what's being done. And like, I'm trying to get through it mentally and I just, uh, I'm trying. These are the steps that I'm taking. It's not for advice. It's not for you to to pull rank or, well, I'm I'm stronger here and da da da. Like sometimes it's just not for that. And that's why a lot of us refuse to be vulnerable. Like I told y'all I've been talking, you know, to this lady, right? And I said lady like she owed. I've been talking to this young this young lady and she's going through something and she was vulnerable. Like her and I was talking it through and I'm like, well, uh, if this, then that, right? And we were discussing, you know, our, um, our antidepressant, how it affects us, you know, how to come off of it. Should you come off of it? Yada, yada, whatever. She was vulnerable with somebody and they went to the most extreme reaction that they could have. And it threw me off. And I'm like, yeah, I said, okay. I thought I was tripping about why I don't talk about um, what's going on for real with just anybody. But then when that happened, I said, okay, so this is not just a, uh, this is not just a guy thing. This is not just a black thing. This is not just a stubborn thing. Like this is an all around man, woman, mental health, um, everything. Any race. So this is the reaction of vulnerability all around. And I'm like, man, that's crazy. That's crazy. Like the 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 connection that vulnerability and mental health is like when we are vulnerable, and I'm telling you this from experience, we're vulnerable. We are giving ourselves permission to be our most authentic self. We are acknowledging our emotions. We're acknowledging that it's okay not to have all the answers or not to be perfect. I'll never forget when the concept of perfection to me hit me how it did. Perfection means completion and nothing is complete until we die. So why am I striving to get to death? Why am I not enjoying the lessons that are coming? Why am I trying to get, why am I trying to perfect my life? Because the moment that my life is at its, in its perfect form, that means that I have completed whatever my journey is and I'll no longer be here. 
being authentic allows yourself to be free. Vulnerability allows you to be authentic. It allows you to release all of that. It's okay to be wrong. It's okay. I learned in sports, you have to learn how to win and lose correctly. I teach my kids all the time how to handle the no. You're not going to be them kids on social media, them, oh, I can't have a hug. No is no. With relationships, with business, with work, no is no. If you still fight in who you are, you're not going to know how to accept that. You're not going to be authentic and accountable for yourself. So you're going to feel like the no is just, it's a um, suggestion and not a reality. I had to learn that. I've never been a, oh, you ain't going to give me a hug type guy. I'm very good on understanding. No, I'm like, and maybe because um, my mom was the dominant, um, my mom was the dominant parent. So a lot of my way of thinking comes from a more feminine side and understanding that side. I said before, a lot of my uh, masculinity comes from movies and things on the street, right? It, It just is what it is. A lot of how I think about being a man is through observation, not being taught. And I'm not knocking nobody. This ain't about what was done. Like, I'm not, I'm just telling you, my mom was a dominant parent. So a lot of my way of thinking as a result to how relationships handle, uh, kids handle, um, comes from a more feminine side. Um, This acceptance of vulnerability it really plays an essential role in maintaining our mental well-being if I'm holding everything in regardless of what it is regardless of what level an outside person thinks right if I'm holding everything in I am doing nothing but tormenting my mental I've said before, it's it's been times to where I, I couldn't do the podcast because the fog was so heavy. The dark thoughts were so heavy. It translated to physical pain. And like I said, I get the hives, my hips swell up. And it was a double-edged blade because I'm being attacked physically from mental stress. But in order for me to kind of release the mental stress, I got to talk about it. I got to talk about it, but I can't because the physical, like I'm, I'm so down physically. I can't move. I can't sit straight. Like even right now, my left hip is tore up right now from the stress of this past week. The hives on my leg are kind of kind of going down from the stress of last week. And we don't realize how holding stuff in for so long um, 
how it builds up and it compounds on top of financial stuff, on top of parent stuff, on top of having to cook, be the nurse, be the doctor, be the this, be the, like, we don't think about that. And often I hear a lot and I used to be like this. I would let stuff compound so heavy that when it finally released, it would be released over the dumbest thing. Like something like, you left a trash bag in the house trash can and they just picked up the bin from, from outside to go to the landfill. Logically, okay, the bin is empty. I could take this trash bag in the house into now the empty bin. There's nothing in there that's detrimental that's going to cause danger, right? Ego response is, I said take out the trash and they just came here. Now we got to wait another week. Da -da 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 -da. And your mama this, your daddy that, da -da 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 -da. and huh? And people are looking at you like, I, I didn't even know you felt like that, big dog. I didn't even know that was even on your mind. That was, that was this, that was years ago. That was this, that was that. And it's because we keep holding stuff in because we don't want to be vulnerable. We don't want to uh, uh, create conflict or in our mind chaos. But at what point do we do we realize that our feelings matter? I have a strong policy in my house with my kids. You are allowed to say anything to me. As long as you are not cussing me out with uh, like walking towards me as if we gonna fight. Because I can't handle that part mentally. We gonna fight if that's how, if, if that's what's gonna happen. I know that sounds super crazy. I don't care. I tell them all the time, do not walk up on me when we're having these heated conversations because my mind says protect myself. It's too many parents getting beat up on. It's too many parents getting killed from these kids and parents not wanting to defend themselves or understanding that their kid is, is about it, right? And my kids... Only one of my kids has ever hit me and I was over an Oreo cookie when he was five. He has never raised his hand to me again. To this day, he don't even really wave like he, around me, for real, for real, because I tried to knock his head off his shoulders. But other than that, nah, talk to me. Be who you, be who you are. Be who you are in this house that you are at that school when they say, oh, your son is this, your son is that. Be that person. I'm fine with it. Have your opinion. Don't don't make it like we fighting though, because I'm I'm gonna fight. Right? That comes with the level of understanding. That comes with the level of of peace within yourself to know. Okay, that's their feeling. It's not about you. It's very few people that could could rationalize that when dealing with their loved ones, we're dealing with their relationship, we're dealing with their kids. To understand the attitude is not about you. Sometimes you could just be, I say this all the time. It's difficult having mental health issues. It's difficult being, having a job that you hate. It's difficult, you know, having kind of relationship turmoil. Reason being is the people who you talk to it about are the closest to you. The people who get the brunt of your attitude, your aggression 
are the closest to you. Not because they did something to you, but because they are the people you talk to. I teach my kids often to be in tune with their attitudes, be in tune with if they are going through mental stuff for this reason alone. I know how it is to not have regulated emotions and allowing something that happened previously to give me the strength I need to go so hard right now. And that's not fear. Like everything in me, I want to go to my job and you don't even understand I'm going through mental health stuff. You don't even understand my daughter died. You don't even understand, you know, it's a hole in my ceiling. You don't even like all of that. That's frustrating me. It's taken, it's taken everything for me to say, Hey, that's not, no, 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 no. I don't got nothing to do with them. They don't have nothing to do with them. Do not go in there with that energy. You keep the energy of, hey, this is the fact of the situation. Here is the proof and let it go. You can't do that if you are not in tune enough with yourself to, to understand how vulnerability affects your mental health. One thing that I also learned it's difficult, but vulnerability has given me the ability to build genuine connections. I don't have a representative. I don't. I used to because I was scared. I was scared to 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 present me up front. Like we going through like before. Oh, yeah, we going through the honeymoon stage. I ain't burping, farting, picking my nose in front of you. I'm like, I'm listen. I used to, I used to do it fresh outfit, like make sure, you know, smelling like cologne all day. Every, I used to do it. That wasn't, that wasn't me. I'm trying to convince you who I, who, who you want me to be. I'm trying to be who you, who you think you see. Nah, vulnerability allowed me to dead that. You give me. Now I'm not saying I'm 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 some Shrek or I be wild and out, but I, I'm that representative life is gone. I'm too old for that. I'm very vulnerable. I'm very emotional. I'm very protective. I'm I'm like I take providing very seriously. But don't get on my fucking nerves, because I'm gonna figure out how not to get on your nerves. Yeah, it's gonna be some stuff that we get into and and have disagreements on and stuff like that. Of course, we human, but for the most part. The goal is to figure out how we can make this the best situation as possible. The goal is unison, not comparison. People got to start understanding that compromising is not somebody trying to change you. That's you understanding, hey, you strong on this point. And I see that this is something that you're going to stick to. Let me find a way to figure it out. If it's not detrimental to life or death or, or uh, freedom, why is that so hard for me to, to not say, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll try to bend there and vice versa. 
being able to be who I am to myself and be accountable to myself, it allows me to to have these connections with people when I choose to because I'm not hiding nothing. I'm not embarrassed about the mental health stuff that I go through. I have a reason why I'm going through this stuff. I'm not embarrassed about not balling and not owning a house and not traveling the world. I got four kids, five, I got five kids and, I'm, and for four of them, I'm doing it by myself. I don't care. This is my life. I don't, I'm, I'm not uh, uh, down with societal standards. I'm not on the internet looking for um, ways to be like these people. I, I, I don't do it. I, I, I need a safe space. And in order for me to have a safe space, I have to have these connections when needed. I'm big on isolation. So if it's people that I talk to, that I text every day, that um, that communicate with me every day, that's a big deal. And those people know who I am wholeheartedly. We have to get to this space in our life to where we understand it's okay to be yourself. You do not have to be who the world says that you are supposed to be. Like, like these authentic connections that I have made thus far have created an invaluable support system for me. I do not have to hide when I'm having a rough mental health day. I do not have to hide. These kids are getting on my fucking nerves and they need to get out of my house. But everybody who knows me know I would be lost if these kids leave this house. But some days I don't think about that. Some days they have worked my nerves to the point to where get your ass out of my house. Go outside, go somewhere, go do something, spend a night somewhere. If you don't know me, that sounds harsh to you. If I tell certain people, man, fuck these kids. Oh my God, you, you, you don't see your daughter and your other daughter die. What do you mean? Fuck these kids. Fuck these kids. I can separate it. These boys are a handful and a half. They got girlfriends, jobs, driving, like it's crazy. But I can be open about that because let somebody try them. I didn't fault people over my kids. I didn't went up to that school so much that people know me. They don't, they Listen, if I'm not up there for PTA type vibes, they be tripping. Like, wait, what happened? Why are you up here? Because they know I'm so open with my with myself and authentic with myself. I can on one hand be like, yo, my kid was wrong, but you don't ever do that. Don't don't ever do that. Because you're gonna you're gonna teach my kid how to respond to that in a negative way and that's not how I teach him so if you respond in that way and he go off on you that's me that's that's on you you don't have to walk on eggshells with me or my kids but there has to be some type of level and understanding in how we gonna deal with each other that goes for my kids as well having these connections allow me to be that way the, the school both schools they know me they know me vulnerability too like and i think this is where we get lost that a lot of times people think vulnerability is only talking about hardships 
that's what bothers me about the struggle that I'm going through because I thought that. I'm only vulnerable with stuff that hurts me. And it's something that I'm truly working on. Like, I'm only vulnerable with my medical stuff, with my mental stuff, with losing Kennedy and stuff like that. But I'm not vulnerable with, like, yo, my podcast is being listened to in 27 different countries. I'm not vulnerable in, like, yo, I started a, a, a shoe line. Yeah, it's been three years. I sold 21 pair of shoes. I'm not vulnerable uh, vulnerable in the sense of, yo, I sold a hundred other new books. I'm not vulnerable in the sense of my accomplishments. And I don't know why that is. Well, I kind of do because in in, in my mind that says I'm cocky. That says I'm arrogant. Why am I steady calling out my accomplishments? So in my mind, if I if I if I tell you the the hardships, but then you see the accomplishments, you will be able to put two and two together. And that's the dumbest thing. They're one of the dumbest things I think I've ever thought. Because no, I should be able to talk about how hard. Uh, this situation is getting through and fighting through and at the same time be like, but look, this is giving me the strength to keep my brand going. This is giving me the strength to get up here on this podcast and make sure everybody is good. It gives me the strength to showcase my talent and my passion. I haven't wrote, I haven't written a poem, a complete poem in a while. That's my passion. And I keep allowing other things to push it further and further. But that's my passion. So, again, I'm working on being empowered through my vulnerability and understanding that I could talk about my good stuff. I just have to learn where the line is of balance. Because I never want to sound arrogant. I never want to sound like I'm better than anybody. I never want to sound like... um, that I'm trying to egg anyone on and, oh, you know, like the cockiness of it. I just, I want to be seen like everybody else, I guess. It don't always have to be, be dark. I don't have to be secretive about my, my light when I'm so open about my dark. Like vulnerability and self-compassion also go hand in hand. I've learned how to how to embrace my vulnerability for real. One of the things that I used to do often, I used to look in the mirror just as long as I could. And I know it sounds crazy to people like I was I wasn't saying nothing. I, I just was looking myself in the eye. The goal of that was to not turn away from myself. When I first started, I was so confused about who I was. I was so like angry about certain things. And I couldn't even look myself in the face. And I did that for years until I was able to look myself in the eye and, and believe that I was who I said I was. And my actions started to translate to being who I say that I am. 
It took me long, but I, it, it, it took me to, the, to accept the things that had happened to me in my life, uh, the, the bad relationships, the, the disagreements with family members, the loss of life of people, the loss of money, the jobs, the, you know, the feeling of being used. Like I had to really get all of that out of my system and understand, yo, all right, it happened. You have now a file of emotions, a file of, of things that happen that you can pull from if you ever feel that way again. And so that you can break down. It took me so long to be kind to myself. It took me so long to understand myself because, again, I, I, I just grew up where I had to be this extra animated person when saying anything. For anybody to believe me. So, shit, I stopped believing me. Like there was a period of time to where I'm like, damn, like I want to post something on social media. So do I do I make up a post? Because if I be like, man, it's crazy. The rain coming. They're going to be like, nah, you live in Arizona. Ain't no such thing as rain. So I just be like, oh, man, I ain't going to post because I don't, you know, I don't want to be extra. I don't, I, don't, I don't got it in me. But I had to stop judging myself. I had to start worrying about me being me and not what people thought I should be. Fear is a big part of us not being vulnerable. We got to start understanding that it's, it's, fear is natural, especially when it comes to being vulnerable. We don't we don't know. We're conditioned to put walls up and protect ourselves from potential um, potential hurt and rejection. That's it. We all got hella walls up that, oh, I ain't saying this, I ain't saying that. Nah. These walls, and again, I'm telling you from experience, having all these walls up will prevent you from having true joy, from ever reaching the pinnacle of joy for yourself. Because you are so busy Rebuilding your walls, patching it up, making sure they're higher, making sure they're stronger. You're spending all that time on locking yourself into these walls while it's joy on the other side. And until you start respecting who you are, stop fearing vulnerability, you're going to miss out on so much. And I learned that. Everybody is not growing to where you're going. It's okay to let go. It's okay. You have the right to grow differently. You have, you have the right to grow apart. You have the right to do so. Life is about progression. Life is about Learning things, teaching things, learning things, teaching things, mastering things, teaching things. It's about growth. And everybody is not trying to grow with you and everybody is not going to grow at your pace. So you stop waiting to see if the seeds that they planted is as healthy as a seed that you planted. You watering that seed with positivity. They chilling. 
it takes it, it takes some steps to to overcome the fear. It takes a while. It's not a it's not a overnight thing, but it's doable. It's doable. I work on this often, like like daily. My thing is having to cultivate vulnerability in my daily life. I know we I know we see journaling and all that type of stuff and we are like, oh, my God, I don't want to write a diary and uh, that's for kids and blah, 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 blah. But we got to get out of that mind state. I found for me that journaling, it allows me to see where I'm stuck at, what I need help with, and what I have overcome. We go through so much in our daily life that we'll, we're going to think, all right, I'll remember that. I'll remember what happened right here. And we're not. We're not. So it's important that we have some type of record of what's going on in our life. Like I say, you know, one of the reasons why I continue to do this podcast, because I'm going to get older because I see it in older people, right? I'm going to get older, older, and I'm going to tell the kids that whatever their traumas and trigger, like it had nothing to do with me. I never whooped you. I never yelled at you. We always had food. We always had electric. Like I'm going to, I'm going to say that not because it's true, but for whatever reason, in my experience, the older people get, the less they remember about the trauma they caused. So in the event that that phenomenon hit me, the kids would be like, nah, dad, look, look at this podcast. Look at this podcast. Look at this. Remember you said right here, you, you slapped me over Oreo. Remember you said, uh, fuck these kids. Like it's right there. It's, it's right there. So it's, in, it, it's important to have recollection, have record of what's going on in your daily life to the best of your ability. If you are really trying to heal or just, if you're just trying to, to be a better version of you, just understanding yourself. It's just, it's life. We have to start under, we got to really start understanding who we are. We need to remember by embracing vulnerability, we create a powerful ripple effect that touches not only our lives, but the lives of the people around us. We got to make a commitment to ourselves to let down our guard sometime. We got to open our hearts and embark on a journey of authenticity and emotional well-being. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, the moment you start allowing yourself to be who you're supposed to be without fear, the better your life is going to get. We got to go through something to get somewhere, people. I'm super glad that y'all able to do that with me. Yo, thank you for tuning in to the podcast. Head over to www.peacefullyflawed.com for your Poetic Properties merch and your Peacefully Flawed apparel. October is quickly approaching and we are going to start our uh, Stillborn Awareness campaign. Remember, any of those items that are purchased, 20% of proceeds will go to March of Dimes. If you are a person who like, comment, and share, I appreciate you. I'm going to post a link. So, you know, please share that if you can. 
If you want to donate to the podcast, head over to Good Pods. It is a great app for hosts and listeners. You can interact with your favorite host real time. You can rate an episode. And if you want to leave a tip, there's a tip jar over there. If you want to donate to the business overall, head over to my Twitter, The Complex, and there's a tip jar over there. All that will go to bettering the production, uh, building up the store, more inventory, and um, more production costs. Again, www.peacelyflawed.com. Remember, no matter the darkness, as long as we breathe in, we have the opportunity and ability to get to the light. Peace.